welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sunday Recap. So glad you guys joined us today. Welcome. We are here today. My name is Chris McLaughlin. I'm the Discipleship Pastor at Stones Crossing Church. With me is Ariel Eldridge, our Connections Director. Hey. Hello. Hey. (laughs) And Mitch Green, our Missions Pastor. Good morning. Back from the beach. Yeah. 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 How was vacation, man? Vacation was awesome. Yeah. Um, Just so you want to know, you want to go to a beach and people not be there. Yeah. Now's the time to go. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, You want restaurants to be empty. Now's the time to go. Yeah. And yeah, it was really, really good. I came back though, and I got sunburnt the day after. I came you back. didn't get sunburned at the beach, no. but you got, got sunburned. Got an Indiana at Hoosier sunburn. I, yeah. yeah, I came straight. So I was burnt when I left. I got there, great all week. I mean, just sunscreen every hour on the hour, was just <laughs> on it. Got back, DJ to wedding, didn't wear sunscreen. Oh, and got fried. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yep. It was actually really exciting. One of our uh, staff members, now I guess former staff member, just got married. Uh, so Mackenzie, who. Uh, she was on staff with us helping with uh, student ministry and some stuff with our front desk. And, and uh, yeah, she got married this weekend and now they're off on their honeymoon. Yes, we will yeah. miss them. Yeah, yeah. It was so, a cool wedding. It was, that's it was cool. cool. It, that's was, awesome. it was sweet. It was very, very God honoring. Um, yeah. It, it was fun. Cool. It was a good time. Sweet. It's awesome. Well, I wouldn't DJ a lot of people's weddings. So if you hear this and you yeah. think you want me yeah. to DJ, the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> but I hear for you. McKenzie, <laughs> I was willing to do it. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Well, um, today we're going to be jumping into James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. This was the second week in the Friend Request series that's, that Pastor Scott's been doing, just talking about relationships and talking about how um, to really... Uh, be wise in the way that we handle our relationships. And um, in in particular, this sermon was dealing with the idea of wisdom and the source of wisdom. What is wisdom? What difference does it make in our relationships? Um, Asking all those sorts of questions. And there's a lot of really, uh, really big things that I think that this answers. It's especially, um, I think, um, like just a lot of practical things that this really addresses for Christians um, and gives us a lot of clarity as to maybe even a lot of the um, the, the, the chaos and strife that's even happening in our world right now, I think, yep. mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so let's, let's go ahead and dig into this a little bit because we've got a lot to, a lot to talk about, I think, with this. So, um, let's see, would, uh, would one of you read the passage? This is James 13, uh, sorry, James chapter three, verses 13 through 18. Yeah, sure. I'll take it away. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace to those, uh, by those who make peace. Awesome. Thank you. So I think the first thing to, to notice here is um, there's a contrast that James makes immediately between there's a, like a wisdom that's from above and a wisdom that's from the earth. And the contrast that he makes is this godly wisdom looks a certain way 
uh, and he he describes it in verse seventeen with what you just said, just you know, being pure and peaceable and gentle and all these things. But then there's a there's a wisdom that's of the earth, and he calls it uh, unspiritual. He even calls it demonic, mm-hmm. um, and he uh, sort of uh, describes it here. And this is in verse um, verse fourteen, where he calls it uh, jealousy and selfish ambition. Like those are that's sort of the contrast that it seems like James is making between these two types of of wisdom. Um, so I, I guess my first question is, because we really want to define what is wisdom, when we're ta- and, and in particular, we're talking about godly wisdom, um, and how godly wisdom and earthly wisdom are so different. How, does, how do these two types of wisdom maybe play itself out practically in our world, uh, where we see that earthly wisdom that's that, that is this jealousy and selfish ambition. How might that show itself up mm-hmm. in our world today? The, the word that comes to mind when I'm, I'm reading this again today is um, humility. Um, yeah. Because we see that in order to adopt this godly wisdom, we actually have to lay ourselves down. Um, and so when I think about um, what I crave in the flesh as being of this world, um, I think of all of the the selfish sin that comes along with that and that's named here. You know that yeah. that um, that we're jealous, or um, you know the other the selfish ambition um, where we're we're seeking things that are self centered rather than uh, working toward the the godly character that is that is not of us. It's of the spirit instead. Um, definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean. There's, it almost plays itself out. I mean, you th- I mean, I, I don't know. I started thinking about business models and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like in a lot of business practices, the wisdom of business practices sometimes leads you to this place of like kind of cheating, yeah, being a little bit underhanded, um, telling some lies, doing that sort of stuff in order to get ahead. And it's all in the name of oh, I'm trying to provide for my family, or I'm trying to you know, I'm trying to sure. beat out this the competition mm-hmm. or whatever. But in order to win, it's like the wisdom of the world says you have to be deceitful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think um, the win, like you said, I mean, that's a good word that people use, you know, in business all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the win? Yeah. And and I think, you know, earthly wisdom, the win is you're trying to accomplish something. So it's either to make money, it's to grow your business, it's to be respected, it's to gain power. It's all of these things like Ariel was saying, which I think you said really well that are focused on us, you know, Mm -hmm. they're Mm self-centered. But godly wisdom is really, you know, submitting ourselves before God. The goal is ultimately to abide in Him. So wisdom isn't to gain anything for ourselves, it's to grow in our knowledge of God. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, whatever your win is, you know, they're they're just so different, you know? I think you said it really, really well. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking how um, I'll be the first to confess on the the podcast that sometimes in relationships I want to win. You know, mm-hmm. when you come to strife or you have a disagreement, I want to win. Mm, absolutely. Um, rather than lay down selfish ambition um, and jealousy and all the things that are listed here. Yeah. I'll be the second to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But I win because I said it first. Yeah. So, so we did, you know, we did those. You are the most humble. <laughs> yes. We did, those, we did those leadership labs. I don't know if you yeah. guys remember those. And. We did one that was Crucial Conversations. It was really, really good, but I went in trying to figure out how to win conversations. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and really, the approach, the, you know, the God-honoring approach is to not win conversations, but to strengthen your relationship. It's laying your life down. And I was down. like, oh, yeah. that's yeah. so hard. You know, it reminds me of a person in our church. There's a, there's a and I, I'm going to go ahead and name him because this is actually a good thing. So um, so his name is Josh Cassidy, and, um, yeah. and Josh... 
he's he's an amazing you, guy. Josh. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. <laughs> so so I, I had lunch with him one time. This was a few years ago, and he's a small business owner. He yep. uh, he's a, a general contractor, and um, he was telling me uh, that he'd been reading. Uh, he kind of got into this rhythm of reading through Proverbs, and it was like doing the proverb a day, a, a chapter a day type of thing, uh-huh. and. And um, and he was really growing in wisdom at, at at that time in in his walk with the Lord, and he felt very convicted about some of the business practices that his company was doing as as he was looking at some of the other mm-hmm. other uh, companies around him. And he, so he decided, you know what, I'm going to actually do it this way. I'm I'm going to switch to completely open book billing, so that so that people can see where you know, where every dollar that they're giving me is going and how much is coming to me as my cut and to my to my subs and all that sort of stuff. Wow. Because no other subcontractors were doing that at, or no other wow. uh, general contractors were doing that. And so clients, what he said was so cool about that was that by him actually being honest and uh, and using that kind of wisdom um, in his business, that, that he actually developed more trust with his mm-hmm. clients and the clients gave him more repeat business cool. because of that. It actually it actually blessed him in the yeah. long run to use that kind of wisdom. So anyway, it made me think of him. That's really cool. <laughs> so. so how do we get wisdom? <laughs> well, we certainly don't just like try harder because I can't try harder to be less winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it just, that's, that's, a, that's a sin struggle, a flesh struggle that I think I'll always have. And so whenever I'm faced with those moments, and in fact, just reading the scripture again calls one to mind where I'm like, on it. <laughs> I need to lay myself down because that is Christ in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to seek that uh, because that's truly the win. Um, well, I think my big growing has just been learning to abide in Christ yes. as the ultimate goal. You know, like the goal isn't to accomplish something. Even in my trying to gain godly wisdom sometimes, I'm like, oh, man. Like, I want to get this degree, so I'm so much smarter, and I want to <laughs> read these books so I know everything that's in them. And you're like, if you've moved away from saying that the ultimate focus is abiding in Christ, mm-hmm. you know, to truly just sit before Him, uh, to know Him more, and it becomes about something else, it's like, yeah, so so we can't... I, even in my approach to how I'm gaining godly wisdom sometimes I can, you know, rely on my flesh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. kind of mm-hmm. turn to this approach of it becomes about something else, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, I think what's at the core of that is grace because, yeah. I mean, and Scott said it really well on Sunday, but the idea that, that wisdom actually is something that comes from God. Mm-hmm. Like it's not something that we um, can muster up within ourselves, but we have to be blessed with it. Um, and, and it's, it's now it's something that we can, um, uh, that we can cultivate within ourselves as the Lord has, is blessing us. It's something that we need to put into practice. But I love that, that um, he started out by by pointing us to Proverbs nine ten, where he talked about the beginning of uh, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, uh, help us understand what that means. Why why does the writer of Proverbs um, and and it's actually in a number of places in Scripture, but why why is the fear of the Lord the beginning of wisdom. Well, Scott was good to kind of define fear for us a little bit mm-hmm. and um, in terms of, of awe and yeah. just sitting in awe of God and who he is and knowing God and then applying that to our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think when we know God more, we, we know wisdom itself more. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and people want to shy away from that description, you know, that fear of the Lord. But look at anybody's interaction who has an interaction with God, you know, like physically has even just the mildest attempt of seeing God. Yeah. And you would define them as somewhat fearful, but it's fear more in the sense of awe. Yes. So it's not yes. like we can't just say, oh, that's a, that's a poor description, but it's like, no, they see God. Um, they hear God. They even He may even just say his name or he passes by with his backside, and they're in awe of where he's at. Mm -hmm. And that circumstance, I mean, there is an element of, you know, fear that we would, you know, just define as just being in the midst of something that's so much greater than you, Mm -hmm. um, understanding who you are, that places you in perspective. I think that's exactly the issue is, you know, I... We have a a tendency to view ourselves as higher than we really are. And I think the biggest lie that our culture is trying to sell us, honestly, and and I don't I don't give a lot of like, you know, um over exaggerations type of, type of a thing when it comes to this sort of stuff. But but I w- I would probably argue that the biggest lie that our culture is trying to sell us right now is the lie that we as as humanity are inherently good. Yeah. Um and when this gets, you know, when, when we accept that idea that we are inherently good, then we all of a sudden become, uh, we feel entitled. We feel like we deserve certain things. We just, and, and God is, God should love us, you know, because we, you know, we're good people and all this sort of stuff. And what the Bible tells us is that the, the exact opposite is true. Um, that actually we deserve hell. We deserve the wrath of God. And this, I mean, it sounds harsh to say it out loud and a shiver may have just gone down your spine as you heard that. But, th- but I think that's, that's the truth. I mean, when you look at, um, honestly, I mean, Romans chapter three is a great example of that, where he says that there is no one who is righteous, not one. There's no one who seeks after God. And all of us deserve the condemnation that, um, that God is bringing. And so fear of the Lord, I think to a certain extent does include that idea of, yes, awe and reverence, being in yeah. the presence of someone who is bigger and greater than who you are. But I, I think there's also a little bit of it that's an actual, well, shoot, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like he could squash me and he actually should squash me, but yeah. he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't because of his mercy towards me. You know, well, I don't think that we ever got to this with the last podcast. But do you remember when I was telling you guys that I had had in my profile on Facebook that Jesus was my homeboy? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this was back in the day. And then um, a turning point for me was when I heard a friend um, say, like in response to this this slogan, "Jesus isn't your homeboy; he's sovereign Lord." Yeah. And I was like, "Yes, he is." <laughs> and that should change how I see him, and then how I see myself. So. So let's talk about then the origin of this wisdom. So um, I know one, one of the things that, that's really neat is, you know, in church history, there have been so many people who have put together, like thought very deeply about these things yeah. and helped us to to kind of understand these ideas about, about wisdom, about God, about who he is and things like that. We, we were looking at uh, a little bit before the show, we were looking a little bit at... Um, uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, yeah, right? Yeah. Do you have that there? So this is the Westminster Shorter Catechism. It says, the question is, what is God? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being. Wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Um, and something Scott said 
about God as we know him more about his power, he uses that power to demonstrate his love. And I thought that was really cool in how we apply wisdom to relationships. Yeah. Well, and, and just to tie that into what Chris said, I think it's true. I think the biggest lie that culture is telling us is that we are, you know, inherently good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, and that's why we could be so self-focused and so self-centered. But there's this recognition that must take place that we are not the source of wisdom. Right. That's what that's saying, is yeah. that God is the source of wisdom. Yeah. And you're it says not. he is wisdom. Yeah. He is wisdom. So like, <laughs> if you think if you think you have it, you don't. And if you have any bit of it, you have it because you got it from God. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Anything good that we have is from God. In fact, that's right from James chapter one. Like every good and perfect gift comes from comes from mm-hmm. uh the Father of Heavenly Lights, is what it says. So and so um yeah, if we have any wisdom at all, any knowledge at all, it all is it it stems from him. That's you guys know that song? Um uh so it's come thou fount of every blessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what that's referring to. And every time we sing that song, that's what I think of. I'm like, man, if I have anything that's good, he is the fountain of every blessing. Yeah. And so anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So step one, how do we get wisdom is you realize that you're not the source of it. You're not the but source. God is. That's right. <laughs> yes. you know? yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that Scott did talk about in this was that sometimes wisdom comes from suffering. Mm-hmm. And he pointed back to James chapter one, verses two through five. Let's take a look at that really quick, um, and re- kind of remind us what that says. Um, so it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, mm-hmm. and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then it connects to verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So here again, James is is echoing what we just said about mm-hmm. God being the source of wisdom, um, that it doesn't come from us, it comes from God, and we just ask him. But how is suffering then connected to wisdom? What's the connection there between those, those two passages? I, I think the first thing is that there is a clear connection. Um, I mean, I so, so recently um, I've been studying a little bit, just learning about the early church, and you know, the early church really believed, and Paul Paul writes about this often, and we see James writing about it here, but um, that you, to grow in Christ, you must suffer. And and through that suffering, you were being made more like Christ mm-hmm. um, as you turned to rely on him. And so there's this shift that happened once that the church wasn't broadly being persecuted, that they're like, oh, no, you know, which is so backwards for our thinking. They're like, oh, no. How are we going to grow in Christ? Yeah. How are we going to grow in Christ likeness now that we're not being persecuted? And that's where you saw the beginning of things like, you know, they were pulling away to monasteries and try to figure out how do they how do they seek to separate themselves from this world, you know, and to almost be persecuted and to suffer, you know, to die to themselves. Yeah. is the language that they would use. There was this shift that happened in their mind. And so suffering has always been tied to growing in godly Our wisdom. sanctification. Yeah to, yeah, to the point to where, like, once it, like, we started suffering less, they were concerned. And again, that's that's one of the things that's really a struggle with the American church is, you know, you live often in your day, and you have the option, you know, you don't really have the option, but you have the perceived reality that you can go through your day without relying on God. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so you're not often forced to suffer. Mm-hmm. But when you talk to people who have came through seasons of suffering, you know, or people who even make 
decisions to place themselves, you know, in situations that stress them out or, you know, they must rely on God. They then turn and they say, oh, they, they recognize God's working in them more, Yeah, you know? And so, I, I mean, this isn't like your call to say, like, put yourself in the line of fire, you know, or anything yeah. like that, but it's to recognize that the suffering does produce godly wisdom. Um, it's a part of your process of sanctification. So if you avoid it, like, you're not choosing um, to grow more in Christ um, on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. That's a really good analogy. Yeah, I think that's why James can say that we can count it as joy Yeah, when we meet these trials, when we suffer. Um, and, I, and I know in a couple other passages, Paul talks about, it's, it, it seems backwards to us, but Paul talks about the idea that um, we, are, we are almost blessed because we get to share in the sufferings of Christ, and that's part of God's... And, they, and he actually talks about how that's part of God's uh, ultimate will for us, that we would suffer, that because then it helps us to grow and become more like him. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing, to, I think, to think about. It's a hard thing to wrap our minds around sometimes, and especially, I mean, in the midst of everything that's going on in the world right now, um, you know, with everything that's happening with, uh, number one, every, like the whole COVID-19 stuff and... and People are getting sick. People are and people are dying, and there's there is suffering that's happening in the world just because of that. People are losing their jobs. Um, people don't know if they're going to have a job next week. You know, all, all that is still going on. Uh, we're still waiting to see the impact that this is going to have on our economy long term. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I mean, you know, this last week has seen the um, uh, riots that are going on throughout the United States and even throughout the world. Um, I know it was happening in Japan this, this last week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just over the racial tension that's happening uh, in our world, and so the the I mean, there is there is absolutely there is strife in the world, um, tension uh, in relationships. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so. How I, I guess I have two questions going in, like addressing all of this. So one, um, how should the Christian view the suffering that we are experiencing right now? Um, you know, maybe let's just start there. How how should we how should we approach the suffering that's happening in the world right now? And 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 view it. How can how can we like how can people view it then as being mm-hmm. a blessing? in some ways, when it seems just just horrendous. I was talking with a friend yesterday about um, sort of this same idea of just trying to, as a Christian, should we then chase after suffering, you know, yeah. thinking that that's going to grow us faster. <laughs> I think it will find us, obviously, as we've seen in this last week. Um, but when we don't see suffering, then the good is not as sweet. Mm. Um and I just think of um, just how many times we have um, been placed in awkward situations and um, fearful situations over the last few months, and just um, knowing that our God is so good makes him even sweeter when we are faced with the trials that we are. Um, now, I say that as a, a, a privileged person who isn't fearful of being pulled over, you know, like like some of our brothers and sisters in the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just say that um, that as Christians, we, we should not ignore the things that are going on around us. Um, we have a duty to speak out and to love our brothers um, and our sisters in Christ. And, um, and so 
uh, as we do that, we just keep pointing them back to the sweetness of God and the goodness of, of what this fallen world is headed toward Right. Um, in the end goal. Yeah, I, I think that's so good. I, the first word that comes to mind, it's it's like ignorance. But I mean just we can't ignore yeah. um, what's going on around us. I mean, we can't ignore the privileges that we have. You know, even just as simple as, you know, the side of the town that most of us live on. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, everything that's going on right now in downtown Indianapolis, it's like we don't – you could completely not know that's happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you could completely ignore that. Like you just wouldn't have to deal with it at all. Because of where we live, yeah. Um, so I think it's it, it begins by not ignoring that you have a different reality than some people and they're suffering. That's but right. that's actually not you know as a missions pastor, I want to say like that's not the place that you should end. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't know like if that's really godly wisdom. I just think that's something we need to recognize. You know, because mm-hmm. I go on a lot of mission trips with people and they see things and they go, oh, I have it so much better than them. And now I come back and they they live their life, you know, because they're like, well, I have it better than so and so. It's like that's not the primary motivator, though. The understanding is that God is providing you comfort, but why is He providing you comfort? This is what yeah. I think is really the Christian yeah. message. And so, you know, Chris, as you were talking earlier, I was thinking of Second Corinthians um, chapter one, and it's this is the opening line by Paul, and he says, "Blessed be um, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction." so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, so good. And I think I think that is the posture we need to have. Now, I don't know exactly what that looks like for every single person. It's going to vary from mm-hmm. situation Absolutely. to situation, and, of and, course. And if yeah. somebody tells you that this is what you have to do, I, I'm not I'm not going to necessarily trust that. Yeah. But, but what we should be calling ourselves to do, and we were talking about this a, a little bit earlier, we should be discerning in how is God calling us to bring comfort to those in the current circumstance that we face ourselves in. Yeah. Um, and we definitely should not ignore um, to pull ourselves away from um, discomfort. Yeah. Like we shouldn't, like avoiding it is not the goal. Yeah. The goal isn't to make your little Christian utopia in a five-block radius with your people who never experience problems and never be around people. Right. I'm not saying throw your kids in the fire, right. but what I am saying, don't ignore that there's a fire going on around you and don't keep moving away and away and away because you're going to find that there are going to be problems um, in your community. And I think it is our responsibility you know, as the missions pastor, you know, in some sense, to, as the church, to reach out and comfort those um, in our community in our area, um, and because we have been comforted, mm-hmm. and we know where true comfort comes from, yeah, um, the gospel draws us, um, should push us out to want to seek to provide the comfort that we have to other people. Absolutely, right. See, one of the things that Scott said on Sunday was that wisdom will then lead us to understanding ultimate reality, like what is yeah. what is real around us. The world is constantly trying to lie to us about what reality is, and there's all sorts of different perspectives now on what reality is. Um, but for for a Christian, our perspective um, and and the wisdom that God gives us should drive us first of all to drive us to His Word to know who God is, and that informs who we are, and that then informs then our actions, and that's what James 
James gets to, that godly wisdom or the wisdom that we have, whether it's godly or earthly, is going to display itself in the actions that we do. Yes. Um, and that's going to always play itself out in that way, and that's going to then shape our our worldview, the way that we see the world, the, our perspective of reality, and it's going to shape the actions that we do over and over again. Let me ask, I want to ask one more yeah. question, because I, I just think this is the question in my mind that's the heart of it, is what is your source of your comfort right now? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the source of your wisdom is really what I'm after, but what is the source of the comfort you find yourself in? That's exactly and if the it. first thing that pops up in your mind is all these blessings and these things that are from God, you know, you're like, okay, well, it's my home, it's my, yeah. you know, it's my family. My bank and, account. And, and, and your comfort actually isn't Christ, mm-hmm. you know, well, then it's it kind of it kind of answers, you know, why would you avoid discomfort? Because your comfort, because those things actually can be taken away. Yeah. <laughs> like those things can be pulled away. And so your fear is that you're going to lose the thing that you're actually comfortable in. Yeah. But if you remind yourself that your comfort is actually in Christ, that God is the source of your comfort, mm-hmm. then that can't be taken away. So we, I think we, we live where we have this fear that we're going to lose our comfort. But that's a falsity. I mean that that's not that's not a that's not real, right? Um, but maybe in your perceived way you're living in your reality, um, that is real, yeah, for you. Because comfort, uh, comfort and rest and peace, those are things that are that we have to look forward to in the age yes. to come. We're told here on this earth, in this time right now, we are not going to actually experience those things, and that we should again, like what James is saying, to count it as joy that we would consider ourselves blessed to be sharing in the sufferings of Christ while we're here. Yeah, so I don't mean to zoom in too much on that. Yeah. But I think we would we need to address the current circumstance and I think that that, that will say a lot about what is the source of your wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. Is it derived from God or is it derived from yourself and you could really probably look at where your source of your comfort, you know, and everything else would would probably help guide those those questions for you. Something that Scott said is ultimate reality is God himself. So you were just talking about how the world kind of gives us their realities, and when we um, adopt a lens of the Christian and looking through um, and adopting a gospel worldview, we know that God is is reality. Um, And so Scott went on to say he uses power to express his personal intimate love. And so then what? Well, it means that relationships matter. Yeah. and I was listening to a podcast earlier this morning about, um, you know, just f- honing in on the personal walk. You know, when we think of sanctification and we think about wisdom, and oftentimes we're thinking about it in a personal um, aspect of just mm-hmm. like turning inward. What should we be doing? And we get we we become um, introspective and just start looking at our own lives, and then we forget about the whole piece of who we become when we are part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and if relationships matter, then the church matters. Um, yeah. Not just friends, but the body of Christ matters. Mm-hmm. Um, who we become in the body of Christ is infinitely more in line with what um, what Christ meant for his his people than who we become as a single lonely Christian just trying to strive to be better. Yeah. I mean, when we draw the analogy where if if the wisdom that we have, whether it's earthly or whether it's from God, is going to then play itself out in the actions that we do, um, 
and reflect itself in the values that we have. We can actually then look to God and his actions and his values and see what exactly, how does God display his wisdom? And what I love about, I mean, we we can look at a a number of different passages, but um, the first thing that came to mind this morning was um, Hosea 6.6, where he says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and so th- there's a couple things with that. Like, I mean, when he says mercy, the the, the Hebrew word there is chesed. It's it's this mm-hmm. idea of covenant love, like faithful love. It, it, it it's this idea that um, I'm going to be committed to this relationship uh, above all things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I'm going to I'm going to be committed to this relationship. And so yeah, relationships matter. And you see that ethic even in the way that God that God acts. Um, but we also see this idea of, you know, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And mercy, this idea of, of love, could not be extended to us without justice either, right? That, and we, we, are, we are in a time right now where justice is on the hearts and minds of everybody. Like yeah, everybody yeah. wants to see justice. And ultimately, that's at the heart of God as well, that, that he um, must be just as well. That's part of who he is. And so that's why he sent his son. That's, and that's, I mean, this is the, the whole core of the gospel, that he yeah. sent his son to die on the cross to pay the, the, the price for the people who he's going to, that, that he extends that covenant faithful love to, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and because he does that, um, I love how Romans puts it, Romans 3.26 says that he becomes then both, that he's both just, right, and the justifier of sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does all that because the relationship is the priority at the end of the day. You guys just keep saying so many things that we could comment on oh, for yeah. so long, and it's so good. Uh, one thing I do want to say is I want to really encourage um, those of you, if you listen in this week and you didn't listen last week, mm-hmm. go back and listen to the podcast on the Trinity, because mm-hmm. it's really going to give you a good picture of um, how relational God is. Mm. You know, God is in the most intense, most intimate relationship Um with himself, right? You know, and that's that's the relationship that you know we w- he desires to be relational with us. You know, in this picture of covenant you were just saying last week will really help set the background for you know why um, what it looks like to sit before God and abide in abide in Him and gain wisdom. Because um, mm-hmm. you guys crushed it last week, I thought it was awesome. Oh, thanks. It was fun having Luke on here. Yes, yeah, it was. It was yeah. yeah. I, it's funny because I try to think of who would be the replacement for each of you guys, oh, because like who would yeah. be the most similar on our team? Because I feel like Luke fits me well. <laughs> you know? Oh no, but, Mitch, no one can replace you. Oh, no, well. no, 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 you did a really good job. No, and we'll, Luke is. We'll Luke start. Is Luke. Get, we'll start getting some comments in the in the podcast. Bring, bring Luke, Luke Albert back. back. Yeah. yeah, bring him back. Oh, we'll we'll have him back. We'll have him back. Um, so. I think the last thing we want we want to talk about is how this passage in James really describes what wisdom, what godly wisdom looks like, and the di- really the difference that it makes in the relationships that we have. And so, in verse seventeen, this is uh, three seventeen, he gives us a list of six different things that um, describe wisdom. So he says, "But but the wisdom from above is first pure, and then peaceable, gentle." open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. So what is this purity of, of godly wisdom? And, and how does that play itself out in, in the life of a Christian? 
I would say it, it's first, it's truth seeking. Um, yeah. it, it, it seeks the truth in all situations. Um, and I think we see that truth is, is first derived from God's word and, and God himself right. um, as pure. And then in each situation, trying to um, discern what truth is based on what, what word he's given us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God is, is with God as the source of wisdom. You know, God is compassionate. God is just. So it's it's the intent um, behind whatever wisdom in practice looks like is always going to be just. Is always going to be pure. You know. Yeah. In its in its in its. And I'm not saying that you we may not interpret that wrong in our life. But I'm saying the source of that wisdom, if it's truly derived from God, as you said, truth. Yeah. You know, then it's it's not going to have you know some of these negative categories we've mentioned, like selfish intent. Yeah. 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 I, I looked at John seventeen seventeen, where Jesus says uh, he's praying. This is in his high priestly prayer, and he says, um, "Father, we I pray that you would sanct-, he says sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth." Mm-hmm. And there's there's a number of 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 points out of that, but that one, if God's word is truth, then God's then the source of wisdom <laughs> really is going to come from us spending time in God's word. I can't think of uh, again another uh, this, just a, here's another uh, uh, sort of push to get into God's word. Um, but but he says that then that we are going to be sanctified in the truth. That that that's Jesus' prayer for us that we would be sanctified in the truth as we as we spend time in it and that changes us and grows us and strengthens us in Christ and makes us more like him. And so um so that's a huge part of it. So as that happens, I think that actually helps to build um trust then um trust that is built in in the way that we live then then reflects as we live out godly wisdom, it reflects in our actions, and that helps to build trust in the relationships that we have. Yeah, right, for sure. So um, the next one is peaceable, uh, the idea of being like a peacemaker. So how would we describe then this idea of peaceable wisdom? Like mm-hmm. what, what, is, what does that look like? You want me to go again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have notes? Not on this one. No. Oh, okay. So I had some notes on this, and he used Scott used the word. It doesn't antagonize others by comparing or condemning. Mm-hmm. And oh man, I hate it when things drive home, and I just feel like so convicted. That is that is my struggle. I don't want to be antagonistic. Mm-hmm. I want to seek peace. I don't want to compare um, some my relationship or the person in a, in a relationship with others, or compare them with something that I believe is the ideal. Um, and I don't want to condemn. Um, that's very applicable. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the next one that he says in here is gentle, that that wisdom from God is gentle. How does that play itself out in everyday life? Yeah, I mean, as someone that is is not regularly defined as gentle. Um, what? I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wreck-It Ralph is what my wife likes to call me. So, um, <laughs> But no, as someone that's not regularly defined as gentle, I mean, for me, um, I have had to learn that even if I um, understand something to be a truth that's that's from God, um, from His Word, um, and maybe I, you know, being a you know D group leader or being in relationship with a friend, or and I need to, you know, I want to kind of bring something before them, mm-hmm. you know, want to kind of help them interpret something. Um, man, I have to spend a lot of time in prayer um, to 
just make sure what is the intent of my message um, yeah. because I can't I can't beat truth into them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know it takes it takes for me a lot of time to reflect on something before I go actually tell someone about it. Mm-hmm. Now, my a lot of times different than somebody else because sometimes I feel like my mind just doesn't shut off thinking about conversations I need to have with people. But like I'll spend you know twenty four hours just making sure I can say something to somebody. Um, and say it the right and way. And not just say what things. I want them to hear or not want to win a conversation like yeah. we were saying earlier. Yeah, yeah. Being very intentional about like knowing the audience that you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that is absolutely wisdom that comes from God so that you're doing, you're presenting that truth to them in a way that is loving and compassionate, um, very sensitive mm-hmm. to who they are. Um, and that's something that I know I'm not great at either. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I really struggle with that sometimes. So it's, uh, I think that's a really important one. Well, in, in gentle wisdom, you know, you can deliver wisdom gently because it stands on its own. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't need your boisterous, right, right. loud yeah. approach. You know, it's, it is truth. Yeah. yeah. You know, if, if, it, if it really is godly wisdom, yeah. it is truth. It doesn't need me to beat it into somebody. Yeah. yeah. It is truth, but it requires a good delivery. Yes. And that's what I thought of with with gentleness. Mm-hmm. That you know, we each have an opportunity to to know the person and consider who they are, just like what Chris was saying. Yeah. Just being aware of who who we're in relationship with. Yeah. The next one says open to reason uh and you know Scott talked about this as being uh not stubborn, willing to listen, accepting feedback. Really it's I mean, we're talking humility mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day is what we're talking about. Um really recognizing our own sinful condition um, through all of this and that we we probably don't have all the answers <laughs> that 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 we're limited in our capacity to know that know all, all the things and um, and that's that's huge um, how might this help to build relationships um, and 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 preserve relationships as we exercise this well when Scott said that um Wisdom from above that's open to reason doesn't jump to conclusions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good thing to keep in mind, um, especially if you're in a conversation with um, with someone in, that you're in relationship with, whether it be a deep relationship or a surface relationship, that we're very careful not to just assume we know exactly what their intentions are and who they are, um, and that we that we provide a mercy in, um, in just being willing to listen and hear all aspects, and then understand that we may not even discern what they've said correctly either. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, again, this has a lot to do with how do you receive wisdom. Right. You know, um, and, and again, it, it's, it's, I, I know I, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to seek God and grow in this, but it's when someone delivers something to you, and even if you know it's truth, sometimes it's really hard to receive it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you just close off to even being open to it um, because we don't want the criticism. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when we recognize that, you know, hey, like we are in a place of, you know, we are sinners yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we are not perfect. Um, you know, people are going to deliver things to us from time to time that we need to be open to understanding that um, they they may be right. I mean, I was sharing with you guys about one that happened on Sunday for me, yeah. you know, where someone pulled me aside and said, hey, man, like you don't know how this looks, but this is how that looks. Yeah. And I can tell you five years ago, I would have said, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not true, whatever not listen to them. But I was like, yeah, that I'm open to that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. open to that. Yep. 
I think that's why when we get back to it, I mean, I mean, we, we've said this before, but all of these things really come back to that humility aspect mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah, like it does. we can't, uh, and, and, and how that really stems from the fear of the Lord, like the fear of the Lord really is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. The, oh yeah, go ahead. I had one more thing on yeah. that. Just if you're truly open to reason, then you're willing to yield as the end goal. And oh, yeah. I think that that goes back to our discussion of wanting to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, the next one is full of mercy and good fruits. Um, how how really the relationships that we have will grow in mercy, and you're going to see wisdom play itself out very practically in those relationships um, through the fruit of that relationships, through the actions and the words that you say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think um, there's probably not much more to be said there on that well, one. Well, I was going to clarify the fruits. Never mind. I'm corrected. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know. I got a lot to say. <laughs> oh, okay. Actually, I have a song. <laughs> I was just going to point out that the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, yeah. patience, kindness, yeah. and all of those, so that we um, that we can actually put a name around them, put some language on it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I just think, too, it's like be... A, you know, you may think you know truth, you may think you know what's right, but how is it how is it being delivered? Now again, there are definite circumstances. Where I feel people... like I'm blowing through all of these all of these points with Chris right now. <laughs> I'm just like, actually I got more to say. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. I gotta win. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I just I know people in my life, and again, I, I I'm trying to approach all of these from how do they hit me. Yeah. But this is the one that I am gonna be more like I know people in my life that their way of delivering wisdom is not merciful mm. and it's not produce, producing good fruit, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and it's like, just like take note of how is it coming across to people. Yeah. Take note of how's it, what is happening, you know, when you're seeking your godly wisdom. And um, yeah, I, I just, just take note. I mean, I know a lot of, I inter- I've interacted with a lot of street preachers who they're presenting what may be truth, mm-hmm. but they're not being merciful. And what is the fruit, right. <laughs> you know, of, of right. what they're doing? And and it's like you should look at that and then say, okay, maybe I need to change my method in my relationship. Yeah, I mean, it, it could bring up the idea of, of like when someone says, hey, I have this you know, I've been seeking wisdom from God, and I feel like God told me this. Mm-hmm. And yet it doesn't, the actions that they do then does not actually line up with God's word, or doesn't doesn't seem like that's actually the most merciful or loving um, thing to do. And um, and learn from those, learn from those experiences. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, like I know people that, that they've said that, you know, I, I had a guy that he was talking about a relationship one time, and he's like, oh yeah, this is, I know this is what God wants me to do. I'm like, well, talking about being in Christian community, like Ariel said earlier, everybody was like, around him was like, no, that's not what God wants you to do. Hey, there's where scripture says that's not what God wants you to do. And then he did it anyway, and it was a disaster. Mm -hmm. And it's like, then we need to have the humility to look back and go, okay, I was not walking in godly godly wisdom there. Yeah, I think think that brings up a good point that godly wisdom often involves wise counsel from Mm -hmm. the people in community with you in your body of Christ. Yeah. Well, the, the last one says that this wisdom from God is impartial and sincere. Um, I was in the first service this last week, and yep. Scott Scott made a... Uh, made a funny. He, he, yeah, well, it is, seemed accidental. 
at least I think it was, but he was like, you know, you're not supposed to, I want this church to be a place where you can come in here and not wear, not wear a mask. Well, <laughs> but wait, but now actually you should be wearing a mask, but. <laughs> We'd love to get um, to that point where we're not wearing a mask, yeah. both literally and figuratively. Yeah. Figuratively. Um, and I, and I think it's, it's just the idea of being very authentic, very genuine in the way that, um, the way that we are. I was very, actually, uh, I was reminded of my own, um, very early in, in my, um, faith journey, uh, what, one of the things that, that happened with me was I was, I became very convicted that I was acting like, uh, I was acting one way around a certain group of, mm. of people and another way around another group of people. And this was, you know, um, late high school, early college when I came to, to faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was hard, like, because I, I had this, this group of friends who were my Christian friends and I felt always, you know, really encouraged by them and like, like oh, this is what I want to, this is who I want to be, you know? Um, and then I had some non-Christian friends who, um, they were still my friends and I had this like commitment to them that I really, in this relationship with them that I enjoyed, but they wanted to do things that I just didn't want to be a part of anymore. And I found myself in a place where I'm like, I need to be consistent. I need to be a Christian all the time. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that when I'm around this group of friends. And so I, I had to make a really tough decision personally where I, I actually withdrew myself from those relationships. And I'm not saying that, that that's the answer for you know, everyone's situation, but I, I think it was the right answer for me at that time because I was so young in my faith. And to withdraw from that relationship from those relationships actually forced me to then cling to these relationships that were um, grounded in Christ and and actually built me up a lot more. And I'm actually I'm thankful for that. It makes me sad at the same time, but but I think it was the right move. Yeah. I think something that we've talked about a couple times too is a characteristic of um, being sincere is not using sarcasm in all situations. Mm. It's, that can be very hard to do. We've yeah. talked about how sarcasm can be received really poorly sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, and it lacks that depth and... of, of friendship. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it seems like uh, in our world right now, we need more godly wisdom. Yeah. We need more of this, and, and I'd say, you know, we always needed more of this, of course, but um, but especially it seems like right now we need more godly wisdom, and um, and so for you that are that's listening right now, um, I want to point you back to James chapter one verse five, um, that it says, "If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him." I would I would encourage you to uh, to one pray. Ask the Lord for wisdom in your life, um, as as we are going to be doing that ourselves, so that we could um, really exemplify that um, to the world. I think number two is going back to God's Word, seeing <laughs> seeing who God is, because God is wisdom, and um, and really drawing from that and the and the strength that the Lord um, gives us through His Word and the truth there, um, and and then exercise it. Don't hide it, um, but. But exercise that wisdom. Um, begin in the relationships that you have uh, right now. Um, really be patient in the way that you respond. Um, take some time to to think through how you're going to talk to people and and uh, the way that they that they're going to receive the things that you're saying and and use all of that in order to to really value the same things that God values. Right mm-hmm. to value those relationships that the Lord has placed in your life, so that you can. Um, Really model that for others, and uh, and I think and in the end, this just brings a ton of glory to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you bear fruit. Yeah, and as you say all this, 
We say this to ourselves as well. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> the one thing to say is like, you know, we anything good we have here, you know, it's, it's, a, it's from God. Yes. It's godly wisdom. It's not ours, you mm-hmm. know, and anything that is bad is us, yeah. <laughs> you know, and cast that to the side, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for joining us this week on the Sunday Recap. We hope that this has just been helpful for you as you're processing through through everything that's going on in the world right now. Again, reach out to us if we can help. Uh, how can we pray for you? How can we encourage you? Um, our emails are all on the website, so we would love to talk with you about that. And we hope that you join us next time on the Sunday Recap.